you guys chill out? I'm trying to do a podcast. In today's section 312, we have a huge episode for you guys. We have Fight Island that happened over the weekend. We break down UFC 251. Players started arriving to their bubbles in Orlando. We have NBA talk. The Redskins name changed. We get into it. Jerry Harrison Jr. stops by, sits in section 312. We got MLB talk, a brand new Sneedlers list, the ball guy of the week, and the starting five bubble items. Before we get into this week's episode of the podcast, we are sponsored by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a prop betting app that you can bet overs, unders, point values, money lines, you know, you name it. Go download them, thrivefantasy.com, or check them out in the app store, Thrive Fantasy. And when you download, enter our code SEC312 for an instant match on your first deposit of up to 10 bucks. You deposit 10, enter our code SEC, get a match on 10 bucks. You'll have $20 to just go and bet over to the unders. Go check them out in the App Store Thrive Fantasy. All right, boys, we're back. Um, last time we met each other, uh, UFC Fight Island was about to happen. It did happen. And now I'm a little sad, right? Because I bet on the fights and I I didn't win because none of the underdogs won. They all lost. And Masvidal, I mean, he was obviously hurting. He lost 20 pounds in six days. Yeah, I think it was a little much for him. He looked a little like the gas tank was a little low. You know, not that he was in bad shape. Maybe he just... It's not quite the same gas tank that I think you would normally have if you had a camp. And it just kind of showed. You know, he kept getting his hands on him and handling him where I think ideally he would have worked out of those situations a lot more. He wouldn't have been in the clinch so much. It was it was certainly an interesting uh, weekend with the fight cards. And I, I like that uh, uh, he's already asking for for a rematch because I think it would be it would be nice to see him do, do an actual camp and and fight Usman again. But... The one thing, the one thing I took out of this weekend, though, is is Kamara Usman sometimes not the most enjoyable fighter to watch in a championship match. Maybe, but people need to put some respect on his name. There are so many people talking that trash about Usman and him being a champion and whatnot. The dude hasn't lost since he came into the UFC, and he won the Ultimate Fighter when he was on it. The dude. In, as in his UFC career and Ultimate Fighter, even adding that in, the dude doesn't lose, and so I think that part alone deserves like deserves some fucking respect. You know what I'm saying? It's not like he's been a journeyman who's finally now like figuring figuring shit out. I mean, it, this man has been winning. What's up with the foot stomps? He stomps on people's toes. <laughs> What's up with that? I love it. Some some fighters do that, and it's just a way to like be a pain in the ass. Like imagine imagine if you were in a fight with someone like you're barefoot, and the homie starts like bashing on your toes. Like that shit would suck. So it's just a way. Like it's just a way to try to like get in your opponent's head a little bit. Like same thing with same thing with the shoulder. The, those uh, shoulder strikes. I think I think Usman was doing that or. Um, 
in one of the other fights, uh, but I think it was Usman, like, when you throw those, like, shoulders into, like, the guy's face, it's like, that doesn't feel great. It's not doing the most damage, but imagine sitting there in the clinch with someone, and he's just throwing his bony shoulder into your face. Right, right. And and it's a way to it's a way to like like keep getting points, and it's a way for the referees to not break you up either. Because if you're stomping on toes and like bashing your shoulder into his face, like you're still technically like doing work, and so they won't like they won't break you up for that. You know, I'm glad you brought up you know the breaking up of the fight or the stoppage of the fight too. You know, let's let's just do a little recap of Fight Island. Uh, we'll start with there the the Jose Aldo fight, right? Um, fighting Peter Yant, or I don't know how you really pronounce his first name. It's like Pierre Yant. Pure, Pure, Pureter. Pureter. Yeah. See, I don't. It always makes me think of pewter. <laughs> yeah. So him and Aldo. Him, him and Aldo, <laughs> and Aldo is just getting his ass beat, right? Like, on the ground, not even really... I mean, he's defending himself, it kind of looks like, because he's blocking with his hands, blocking the punches, but yeah. he was done. He was done, they he needed, was gushing. They needed to stop that fight, like, three minutes ago. Yeah, Jan was just beating the shit out of him. Yeah, I was like, the only time I ever was like, stop it, stop it. Like, I usually like to let him fight. No, I was like, this needs to end. It needs to end now. It's ugly. I'm glad yeah. I'm glad they didn't stop it the first time, though, right? Where he was uh, at the end of the first round there or whatever, when there was like 15 seconds left, that, that they were going to go in and stop it. But he didn't stop it. He let him finish it out. And, you know, that actually made it, you know, prolong the inevitable of Aldo losing, but yeah, there's a good, like it's good. when Like if someone gets dropped, like that's where it's kind of 50, 50 is like, okay, do you let him keep fighting? Like, is he good to go? But like when he is sprawled out on his back, just covered up, like just taking punch after punch, like that's where like, and the officials I thought for the most part did a good job. Like even that the homie, uh, Mark Goddard, he was like all over the place telling people not to kick each other in the dicks. Like, not to grab the fence, like he, Goddard was all over the place, like taking points away from people. He was the like, one that was like, "What the hell are you doing?" The one time, yeah. right? he like need him, like face to face, need him or whatever. I forget. Well, that that. Was, I don't know that rule exactly. That was but in he, the prelims. That was in yeah. the prelims. He he kicked him in the dick like five times. Mark Goddard's like, fight. dude. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, "You can't do that." And then he need him, and then he need him in the head. Then he need him in the head while he yeah. like, clearly had his knee on the ground. And he was like. Mark Goddard that was about is. to... His knees on the ground, yeah. Knees yeah. on the ground, he in the head. Mark it was Goddard... like really bad, and he, he was pissed. He's like, what the hell are you doing? Like, yeah, super... he was already mad as hell because he kept kicking the other guy in the dick, and then he kneed him yeah. in the face illegally, and he was like, dude. <laughs> Lost three points, I and think. There was, that was crazy. And there was, there was a huge language barrier because that guy was like super foreign, but I think Goddard still was like, you need to know the rules, dude. Like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> But the referees were a bit of a were a bit of a struggle the, over the weekend. But because I think the dude the dude Holloway got got screwed a little bit. Well, judges, you mean or whatever? Yeah, the scoring officials. Yeah. yeah. So none of the underdogs won. I bet on all the underdogs, right? And you went Holloway for, you went for five. Holloway. It seems like a great underdog card. I know. That's why I really did. did. I mean, I don't blame you. Right, Holloway lost. He should have won. I felt like that Andrade girl should have won. No, Andrade, I don't think she no. won. 
Andrade, yeah, Andrade easily, easily lost. She had a great third round, though. She had a really good third yeah. round, and she finished. She definitely won the third round, and her punches were fucking heavy. I mean, I, I'm not saying she's yeah, a bad fighter or anything. Yeah, her fucking eye just, was like a. She had a testicle in her left eye. It was purple. Mama Eunice had like a partially broken nose and a purple eye. Yeah, yeah, she left her looking bad. I just he, needed Paige Van Zant to win. <laughs> Well, Paige, like, I forgot that she, that was her first fight in 18 months. Like, I completely, like, I knew she hadn't fought in a while, but I didn't realize it was that long. So, like, it sucked that she got, that, that she had she a poor performance bar. like that. But give her, like, give her another, like, another training camp. And, like, now that she has the ring rust out of, out of the way, like, I think she'll be fine. She'll be back. They're saying she's going to Bellator. I mean, because I her husband's see, over there in her contract. Yeah, so. I mean, I I could see that too. And plus, like those women's divisions, like other than Nama Yunus and like or like um like that that um, strawweight division, like Nunes is just going to continue to dominate those other women's divisions. And I think who's the other one? Shevchenko. It's like Nunes, Shevchenko, and Wei Wei Lee are the champions. Like yeah. Wei Lee, Wei Lee could lose because that strawweight division is nasty, but Nunez isn't going to lose anytime soon, and Shevchenko's a beast, too. Yeah, I was going to say, she's a beast. And she's got a sister, right? That's pretty good. Yeah, her sister. Like, like, and they're in the same division, but she's like, I don't know what, like eighth contender yeah, or something. They're, like, they're, like the pe- they're like the Pettises. Like, like uh, Anthony Pettis was a champ. Uh, he was at the top of the division, and then his brother was like a minor contender, which was kind of cool. Yeah. But the UFC is going to have a problem. Like I was, I was talking to my dad about it. Like they're going to have to do with Amanda Nunes what they did with Demetrius Johnson, and eventually they're just going to have to not re-sign him because Demetrius Johnson like never couldn't lose because he was just so much better than everyone. And I feel like that's what's going to end up happening with Amanda Nunes is that, like because eventually it's going to come to the point where Dana White's not going to make money on her anymore, just like with Demetrius Johnson. Like they would have to do his championship bouts on fight nights because like. Everyone knew he was going to fucking win. Hmm. So, Fight Island, big losers, big winners. Um, but you have a selection, 312, for the upcoming fight night, I guess, UFC edition. This is all you and Vance. I'm not partaking. I don't know any of these UFC fighters <laughs> except for the big name ones. I'm not that right. into it like you guys. But uh, selection 312, I guess, with you two. <laughs> well, to recap last week with uh, UFC 251, you went 0 for 5, so you're sitting at minus 15 in the polls in case you, you do decide to play again. Um, no. I am currently no. in second place. I went 3 and 2. Um, I predicted Nami Yunus, Usman, and Jan, but I lost big with Holloway and Van Zant. so I'm 3 and 2 with a plus 1. Vance, good on you. You went 4 and 1. The only one you lost was Masvidal with minus one. So you're sitting at four and one with a plus 14. Yeah, it was a like plus 14, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so for this upcoming weekend, I am going to take, and I got to be honest, there's a couple of people that I'm not entirely too sure of that I know who they are either. But I'm going to take Fiziev because his name sounds cool. I'm going to take him for one point. I'm going to take Figueredo in the rematch against Benavidez for two points. And I'm going to take Hermanson. For three points. I like Kelvin Gastelum. I supported him on Ultimate Fighter, but he just doesn't look like the same guy anymore since he used to be a big contender. And so I think this is a 
this is a trap fight for Gastelum, and I think Hermanson wins. Interesting. Okay. I've got this Diakisi. I think that's how you say his name. Not 100%. But the other guy, I guess. Sure. Yeah, I got him for one against Fiziev or whatever. Um, you know, and like you said, I don't know these guys that well. I don't know. He's got a reach. He's got cool hair. You know, he's got the reach advantage. He's got cool hair. I'm going to go with him. Fuck it. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, like really, I don't know him that well. I'm not giving any real <laughs> points to that. Um, I like um, what you said. I'm going to go with Hermanson for two. I think you know, the same thing like you just said, you know, just a you know, better fighter right now. You can't live on the glory days some of these times with these guys that had, you know, big shit going earlier. And then I got the Figueredo guy for three. Because nice. he definitely, you know, he dominated the last one. And I watched that fight. Like, that was on a card that I watched recently. It wasn't that long ago, right? Like, a, I don't know, maybe six months ago? Or I don't remember when the last time it was that they fought, but. Um, sure, sure. <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't, yeah, I don't remember the exact date. But I watched that fight, and, I mean, he handled him. You know, pretty pretty convincingly in two rounds. Yeah, and Benavidez nowadays is sort of like Jose Aldo, where he keeps getting he keeps getting big draws, but without a lot of results. Because I don't know if you saw it, Vance, but they I saw a stat that Jose Aldo was he was twenty five and one in his MMA career when he fought Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor beat the shit out of him, and since like really then, fast, right? And and since then, Aldo was three and six. Since since fighting Conor McGregor, that's why. I'm... <laughs> so, so anyway, carry on. So Fight Island, it's come and gone. Well, no, it's it's still going on. They're right, right. Fight but Fight Island is gone. The big card, the yeah. big card was gone. Yeah, the big card is gone. Although I'm looking forward to the Daniel Cormier uh, fight. Uh, Stipe, that'll be yeah, fun. against Stipe. Oh my god, yeah. So um, I'll probably put my money on Daniel Cormier, even Tough. though. Even though if they're running them as a dog, yeah, it's gonna be great, you know. And the, I was like, mean, yeah, I guess maybe for betting wise, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I think that it's a it's a good bet there. You're gonna get some good odds for a really good fighter. So let's let's get to some NBA stuff because the players are arriving. Uh, the bubbles. We got players tweeting stuff out. You know, Instagram pictures. Uh, we, we've had news, you know, I guess you can't go and pick up food, walk across <laughs> campus. Otherwise you're going to have to quarantine longer. Uh, I Stay guess, in your lane. I, ge- Stay in your lane. I guess, uh, players are also inviting women to the bubble. So that's not really quarantining, I guess. So, uh, so I guess they're trying to find all the loopholes for this, uh, for this bubble. But I, I, the way I've been picturing it, because the NBA came out and said, you know, there's no locker room type deal. They want you to show up to the games already dressed and everything in your uniform and everything. It makes me uh, feel like these players are being dropped off for their first peewee game by, like, their parents. And they're all ready to go with their Gatorade bottle. And Is that what's going on here? Like, how, how are you going to do halftime? Because right? you can't go into, like, a, a small locker room together, right? Like, how is this going to work? Yeah, they stayed on the bench in TBT, and I think that's going to probably be the best way is just to sort of stay on the bench where you're already at and just get a few shots up like a peewee game, out. you know? Yeah, just <laughs> like, Yeah, like a peewee game. Eat, hang out eat, for a minute. Eat some, orange, eat some orange Okay, slices. but that's the thing. But that's the thing, right? Because they're trying to socially distance. They're trying to socially distance. So how are you going to have a bench, really? Are you going to have, like, four benches? Well, the, well, the NBA... And it was five. normal. The NBA, I'll say, unless they do what the MLB is doing and they just try to sit them like in the stands. 
Yeah, I don't know how really it's going to work, but the bubbles have arrived. The players have arrived, and players. Dude, some of the players have been funny as hell since showing up in the bubble. I like the Pat Beverly video. I thought that was fun <laughs> with all of his white tees. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. I I didn't see that. Pat, oh really? Pat, Pat Beverly was doing like a tour of his like little hotel room in the bubble. Yeah, and. He had like a closet full of unpackaged like Hanes white tees. <laughs> he had uh, the sage burning. He had yeah. the Velveeta cups for the microwave, the the mac and cheese, the little Velveeta ones. And that it wasn't like he was... him too. Didn't he have? He had like his he had like his ga- uh, game controller with his laptop too. Didn't he? Didn't he have like two K yeah. laptop? Yeah, he had like I was gonna say was it like a laptop? He had something like that going on the floor, and then he had another gaming system on the other like on the TV. Yeah, him, and then, uh, him and then J.R. Smith was cracking me up with him. Show- He's like, they want us to eat healthy. And then he was showing off like all this junk food that he had. <laughs> <laughs> I liked Ennis Kander's video, too. That was kind of interesting. So it's he like just, it's like they're at oh, summer sorry. camp. It's like yeah, they're basically. at summer camp. I hope they write letters back home. <laughs> so players are dropping like flies already. Westbrook is getting got the uh, coronavirus, so he's out for a couple weeks. Uh, Rajan Rondo broke his thumb, which sounds extremely familiar to when he broke his hand or thumb or whatever it was when he played for the Bulls. Um, And that leads me to this, right? We're going to do a small little rendition here of Famer Fraud, NBA edition. Okay? Okay. Speaking of Rajan Rondo, the Lakers... Do they win a championship now? They're missing no Avery no. Bradley, no Rajon Rondo. They weren't going to win it to begin with. They're not going to win it now. Yeah, you know I've been on the train. I went back in the predictions and said they're going to be a top three team in the West, and that LeBron's going to have a great year. And both of those things happen. I think they'll. They're my favorite. That's who I would pick. You know, between them or the Bucks, I don't think there's really. I, if you had to tell me to just pick the Lakers or the Bucks or the field, I would definitely take Lakers and Bucks. You know, put it that way. Well, I like what the there's there's reports coming out about what the Sixers are trying to do with putting they want to put Ben Simmons at power forward and have Al Horford coming off the bench, and if that's true, that's kind of filthy. Yeah, it's kind of interesting who plays point guard then exactly. Well, or they were they... talking about they were talking about Milton like that Shane. Oh, Shake Milton. Shane Milton. Yeah. yeah, he did play were... really well while they were out. But they've got a couple options because they got him, and then I mean they could use. Um, uh, who's the guy from Wichita State that they got? Um, Shamit. They got Land- they got Landry Shamit. I thought he maybe, or is he not with them anymore? I thought he was on the Clippers. Oh, uh, he might be. Oh. Um, but um, I like the dude. Um, what's his face? Oh man, I just lost it. My bad. Oh God, uh, Corkmoss is his name. Corkmoss, really <laughs> good shooter. Kirk and Fork Forkmoss. Yeah, Firkin Corkmoss. Firkin, yeah, Firkin, yeah. He's got that's a he's favorite. got a burner, a real burner. That's one of my favorite dude, like athlete names. Yeah, it's a, it is a funny Kirk. name. So I wanted to say it. I'm like, oh, I know it's a fun name. I like, hold up, yeah. Cork there's Mark. got there's got to be a lot of like there's got to be some fun like NBA fantasy team names with someone who has Furkin on their on their team. <laughs> so the Lakers winning the title. There was one for fame, one for fraud. Uh how about just the NBA finishing the season, right? Yeah, they'll be fine. 
You I think the bubble concept will work. <laughs> I mean, it'll be fine. Disney Disney run, Disney runs the NBA, so the, Disney's Disney's not going to allow that to not happen. Zion <laughs> stays healthy during all this. Their star prodigy, their money maker in the industry, does he stay healthy during all this? Yeah, have you That's seen a, a have, have, fraud question? Yeah, have you seen the videos of him working out now? He lost like a bunch of weight, and he's get like he's actually getting in like super good shape. I mean, not that he wasn't in good shape, but he, you know he was kind of he was kind of chunky, but now he's like supposedly he's slimming down a little bit. Yeah, I'll, I'll root for him and say he stays healthy. You know, I hope so. You know, I mean, obviously, I don't think anybody can know that for sure. But I like what Snead said. He is getting in a little better shape, and you know, it seems just kind of like a freaky thing. And the Pelicans. I mean, the Pelicans could be, like are going to be fun to watch. I mean, they got they had a decent little team going. I mean, once once yeah. they got once they had Zion in and. Once they got figured out to what kind of game plan they wanted to do, I mean, their their team was kind of fun to watch. I mean, Brandon Ingram took off too. He's gotten a lot better. Ingram, Lonzo, Lonzo Ball started playing better at the end. You know, he like can actually stuff. he can actually kind of shoot now, so like that's fun. Right? Yeah, <laughs> he had shot the ball in college a little bit. You know, that was the thing. Like he shot the three in college, and he all of a sudden he got to the NBA, and it was like horrible. You couldn't got shoot. The, he got the yips when he was with the late. That's because there was too much pressure on him. When he was with the Lakers, Magic said he was gonna. Re- they were gonna retire his jersey and everything. Like there was too much pressure. Like I, well, I think like he needed now- to get his dad out of his thumb. You know what I mean? And then he started focusing on the little one because the little, the younger one's a stud. Oh, he's feeling himself. <laughs> <laughs> he said he's feeling himself. So NBA, I'm excited for sports to just be back in general, except for you know all this UFC that we've been getting because the UFC hasn't stopped, right? Thank God for it that. Never will. <laughs> it never will. So we got some NFL stuff we'll get into. Then we'll get into a brand new Sneedlers list. And then we got Jerry Harrison Jr. who's sitting in our section this week. Uh, NFL. The Redskins. Jerry Harrison. The Redskins. The R words. They're not going to be the Redskins anymore. It's yes. official. They're changing their name and their you logo. Can't call them that anymore. The Washington R words are going to no longer the Washington, exist. Washington, we don't know. <laughs> They're just the Washingtons. Now, on the count of three, guys, we are all going to say what we think their team name should be. Okay? I'm going to say the same thing as Sneed, but that's fine. Okay? Should be or what we think it's going to be? What it should be. I, I have a should be still. Mine are the same, I would say. But okay. Yeah. One, two, three. Explorers. Red, red tails. The hogs. The, oh yeah. The <laughs> red tails. Why would you have it? The red tails. Because that's what like I'm saying. It should be that because that's what they're already talking about doing. Because it honors like the Tuskegee Airmen or something. They have a monument for it in Washington D.C. And they said a lot of they're saying red tails is the leading candidate for them to change their name to that. Okay. Just because it has red in it? <laughs> no, because like, they were saying like it could be like the complete opposite of how Redskins was offensive. They could just – I'm thinking like they could probably switch it to be like, okay, here, we'll, we'll, we'll be the Red Tails because that will honor people, you know, instead. I don't know. I, it could I, be fun. Imagine the merchandise. You could buy a little like Washington like little plane, little toy plane. But you already got the Jets. Yeah, but they stink. I mean, so, I mean, so does so does Washington. But like, hey, so like, what do you mean? Like, you can't have two teams named after flights. Half the NFL is named after the same thing. So, 
I brought the Jaguars this up. Jaguars and Panthers and so Bengals, I brought this up. I brought this up because there's a guy in Washington who has trademarked 12 different names <laughs> for Washington. Yeah. So if Washington decides that's what they want, they have to buy it from him and he's going to be extremely wealthy. Making money moves. Well, genius. I'm sure that they wouldn't pick one of those names. You know what I mean? Well, no, but if no, it is no, the Red Tails, like, all he the trademarked ones, like, all the top ones. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he did already. Like yeah. that. He, he trademarked he, them. He, he picked because, like, they had a list of like all the like. How do you trademark that though? Like, I don't get it. You call a like a you call like a lawyer and you a trademark lawyer. Yeah, and then lawyer. you Co- go- copyright lawyer. We we learned this in, in media school. Yeah. It was like you can you can trademark. I mean, you, you have to file for it, but you can trademark, like, anything you want. Like, Anthony Davis trademarked his unibrow. His unibrow, yeah. So that, way, so that way, like, if there's merchandise going on, like, he can profit off of it, or you have to pay him to use it. It's, yeah, it's the awesome. same thing with websites. Like, same thing with websites and stuff. Like, you can trade, like, you can get a website, and if some company wants to use your website, you have to, like, buy it out of them. You have to buy it from them. Or, like, buy the name, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like similar to that. Like if you like it's like your domain. So yeah, the guy trademarked the guy trademarked twelve different names. We'll see what happens. I want to find out if this guy gets paid from Washington or what, what the package is, right? Is he gonna get season tickets for life? Like <laughs> probably not, because Washington's probably pissed at him for doing that. So I imagine they're just gonna buy like they're gonna buy him out and then give him a nice kick on the ass out the door. Because <laughs> it is kind of a dick move. Like it's smart. Financially, but kind of a dick move. So they'd be like, in, they'd be like in elementary school if you licked like all the milk cartons. You could be like, ha! The chocolate now ones. I, because yeah, once the chocolate got, milk ran out, I control out. the milk now, and everyone's like, ah, uh, you know, like you yeah, could, you could, you could live life, but it would kind of suck. You're like, ah, I want, I wanted some milk. Yeah, once chocolate milk runs out, everybody gets mixed. It's only the white two percent milk left, and nobody wants that. <laughs> so yeah. So, yeah, so. <laughs> so we got a little fantasy football preview. We're talking NFL right now. Yeah. Right? We're we're going to do uh, first our, our probably our picks one through three, right? We'll just randomize it right now who we would take first, second, and third. Jeremy, I'm thinking one through five. What, what is it? Three. Five. <laughs> the number was five. Vance, where Let's do you want to go? Let's get it. Oh, sorry. All right, the number the number was five. Vance, where do you want to go? First, right? You okay? No. All right. Well, I'm will, guessing for this. I will go. go first. I will go second, and Jeremy, you got third. This is the fantasy football. If this is how it was, the fantasy football draft. This is how it was. What you? Oh, okay. Who are you taking number one pick this year? Oh, and just a regular fantasy draft? Yes. I'm sorry. I mean, there's no real discussion. It's kind of it's a one, you know, one person is really the option. It's got to be Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he was utterly dominant last year. Doesn't get hurt very often either. I mean, to me, that's the, the clear number one guy. Okay. Christian's off the board. I have the second pick. I am going to take Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> get the fuck okay. out of here. Fine. Cool. Get the fuck out of here. Um, uh, third pick, like third and then fourth pick, I'll take uh, Michael Thomas and then... Nope, nope, no number four. It's just three. 
It's just what? three picks. We're not snake styling? Nope. We're just going the top oh, three. Right. Top three. Right. That's what that's what would have happened. I never go quarterback uh, I first. Yeah. I never go quarterback first ever. Right? I, I normally wait till like eighth round for a quarterback, seventh round for a quarterback. But this year I feel like if you get Patrick or you get Lamar, you're gonna get a lot of points. A lot of points. It'll be interesting to see how high Lamar goes in drafts. I'm kind of curious. Um, and I mean, he sort of earned it. He runs the ball like a running back. And I mean, I do a hundred yard bonus in my league, and it's a it's a game changer. He, you know, he's a big time point scorer. All right. Before we get away from fantasy, Jeremy, you had fame or fraud you wanted to yeah. do. I hate you guys because you already like basically stole like two of my fame or frauds that I had. But we're gonna do it anyway. We're gonna do the, We're gonna do this quick. I've been thinking about it all day. Uh, I thought it'd be fun to do some early fantasy football talk with some famer fraud. So we'll get the two out of the way that you guys already talked about. Famer fraud, Christian McCaffrey is hands down the number one pick. You couldn't even fathom drafting somebody else number one. I think everybody knows my answer. <laughs> I just kind of said it. Yeah, definitely fame. I mean, that's that's how I feel. He is the guy. Yeah, he's going to get you a lot. Who would be, just quickly, who would be – the possible other number one. But like I, Zeke? I still like Saquon. Maybe really. Derek Saquon. Henry. And I know they'll get better offensive Henry. line. Wise. Maybe Derek and Henry. Do, Derek Henry will probably be a top 10 pick this year. Or Chubb, Nick Chubb maybe. All right. And then the second, the, yeah. se- the, the second one that you guys already talked about a little bit is Patrick Mahomes, a first round fantasy football draft pick. Apparently to Clinton. <laughs> Definitely a fame. Yeah. I, I would I, say no. I would say no in my opinion. I agree. Unless unless maybe if you have the twelfth pick in a snake draft. If you've got the twelfth yeah. oh, if you've yeah, got the, if you've got the twelfth pick, yeah, like if you've got the or like in Quentin's league where it's fourteen. Yeah, like right. If you're, 14, like, yeah. If, if you're at the tail end of the first round and nobody's taking them and you can get those back to back picks. I could see taking Mahomes or Lamar, and you could still because, get your running back with it. Yeah, yeah. because they're definitely like, because they're definitely going to be gone by the time it comes back to you. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Then my next on the famer fraud: Are there any re- are there any Washington players that are actually worth having on your team? Famer fraud. Washington Redskins. <laughs> The team formerly known as the Washington Redskins. Yeah. Is there uh, anybody? Is there anybody that is actually worth drafting on your team? I, I would still take. <laughs> didn't they signed Delaney Walker? Correct. Oh, I would. God. I would take that's, him. That's true. <laughs> I was like, you know, you're saying like a deep league as a tight end. You know, I mean, I think you know he could still be viable. You know, a guy that could be a you know a borderline low end tight end. I'm thinking fraud. Other than maybe Terry McLaurin. Unless last year, yeah, was a fluke. he's good. Yeah, McLaurin unless last year was a fluke. But other than that, I mean, out of all the teams in the NFL, you got to think like the team in Washington. They they really don't have much fantasy wise. If Chris Thompson's back and healthy, I guess in a PPR league, you know, I mean, he's at least worth having because he catches a lot of shit. Well, he's like a waiver. Off- he's a waiver guy. But you're not going to draft him. What do you th- What do you think, Quinn? Famer fraud having any Washington guys on your fantasy team, drafting them. Being like, I actually want you. See, I don't even know if you could draft their defense. Absolutely not. No. Who's their pretty kicker? Aw- pretty awful. Who's their kicker? Who cares? They have no offense. 
But that might be their offense. That might be their offense. <laughs> they had well. They had. Is it still Dustin Hopkins, or did they get rid of him? I'll draft. Yeah, I'll, I'll draft well, no, Dustin Hopkins. You got to think about it. Though, you got to think about it, though. Having a good kicker, though, like you have to have an offense to okay. get you in scoring position. Okay. He's outside. You obviously Hopkins, and you think it's DeAndre Hopkins. De Hopkins. <laughs> You're like no. Outside. Outside of like Justin Tucker, and um, who's the the kid from? Uh, well, you got Ma- Maher's decent in Dallas, or did they let him go? Fuck, they let him go. Didn't I, they? I'm a I'm a big Butker guy because he yeah um, Harrison Butker with a good offense. Robbie's still go is still good. Yeah, he's accurate as shit. He doesn't miss. Yeah, if you're in a uh, negative point league or a minus one, so I don't know. I might take so that. I might take their kicker. All right. So now, next famer fraud, Kyler Murray will be a top three fantasy quarterback. Fraud. Fraud, definitely. Interesting. Okay, I'm 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 kind of thinking faint, like fantasy wise, with him running and him having DeAndre Hopkins now, and they're just gonna be throwing it all over the place. I don't know. Like their offense is gonna be fun to watch. I just don't have a lot of faith in that offensive line. My bad. I, I guess, but Murray Murray's just gonna be running around. So I, I'll I'll take fame on that. I think or I think he very well could be top three behind Mahomes and Jackson. Maybe well, the Josh other thing, Allen, like it. Yeah, the other thing I would say is that I believe in Kenya and Drake, where maybe some people think it was a fluke. You know, I, I think he's a good running back, and he'll be good this well, year. Well, it seems yet. like he definitely fit into their system, and that's half the right. battle with a running Yeah, back. he's kind of a shotgun kind of zone, you know, scheme guy like that. Like, he fits that better. All right, so now the last one is a, is a quick two-parter. Will Chris Godwin be the top fantasy receiver, and will Rob Gronkowski be the top tight end? You got to remember, it's a stacked field at receiver and tight end. Definitely not. For either of them. Definitely not. Okay, I just I, I would I was... would go no for each, but I love Chris Godwin, and I think you'll be the same as last year, a top five kind of guy, a guy you're going to certainly want on your team. So I don't want to make it sound like I just oh, thought it was no I, I thought it would be an interesting idea because they could. Maybe. Yeah, right. I mean, you never know. Uh, Michael Thomas, I still think is going to be that guy. You know, he's just. There's, he's a problem. I mean, you can't double him. You can't. There's no real answer. So it's like, and they added Emmanuel Sanders, which to me is just going to make him in a lot more single coverage. You know, it's going to put him in a lot better places. All right. Well, that concludes Fame or Fraud Fantasy Football Early Edition. Extremely, Never too early. Extremely early. Never too edition. early to talk fantasy football. I've been thinking about fantasy Never. football since May already. Since well, March when it shut down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready to go as soon as the season ends. I'm already ready to go for a new draft and everything. So fantasy football is coming up. We got MLB on the way. We got Jerry Harrison Jr. in a little bit, but we're going to get to a brand brand new rendition of Sneedler's list this week. And hopefully it's got nothing to do with fantasy because we got to save that for our fantasy football special. But we have new Sneedler's list. Jeremy, what do we have this week? We are throwing it back with some throwback like rap songs that today's generation or someone who just doesn't listen to throwback hip hop should listen to. And this is anything pre-1999 as far as throwbacks. So this is like so like I said, to clarify, this is if you don't listen to throwback hip hop or like you're just a new school person, whatever. 
you should take a listen to these songs because I feel like they have some impact. At number 10, I Need Love by LL Cool J. He was kind of the smooth, like, at least later on in his rap career, he kind of had this, he had the nice smooth R&B hip-hop hit with I Need Love. It gets quoted in rap songs nowadays, but without LL Cool J showing us that you could be sentimental and make a nice hip-hop R&B track where he's talking about that he needs love, someone give LL Cool J some love and listen to that song. It's a good earworm. And number nine, Don't Sweat the Technique by Eric B. and Rakim. It's a nice sports song. Get you hyped a little bit. Um, nice jazz like melody in the background from Eric B., a legendary producer there. And it's, uh, it's a big throwback there. You'll, you'll remember it from, from uh, hearing it on some sports video game soundtrack. But don't sweat the technique. You got to check it out. At number eight, Mind Playing Tricks on Me by the Ghetto Boys. Back in the day, Ghetto Boys, uh, led by Scarface, who ended up being a solo artist in his own right. Mind playing tricks on me. Um, a bit of, you know, they, they had the song Damn It Feels Good to Be a Gangsta, which got more street cred for being, uh, for being used in the Office Space movie. But Mind Playing Tricks on Me, a crazy good song, chronicling their, their journeys with, like, drug problems, where, like, they're seeing stuff and... It's a cool music video, too, and Ghetto Boys, an underrated hip-hop group from the 90s. I mean, obviously, it was dominated by, like, Wu-Tang. You know, there was, there was all these different groups, but Ghetto Boys, it was a good time. At number seven, Brass Monkey by the Beastie Boys. I think some people for, don't realize the impact that Beastie Boys had on white rappers even being, like, a thing. And so Brass Monkey, a nice like funky song that they came out that they came out with. Rick Rubin did a lot of producing for the Beastie Boys. And he came up with some crazy beats for them. Brass Monkey, another earworm. When it comes on in the car, I can't help but just start feeling myself. Brass Monkey, good time. Beastie Boys, another group you should check out if you haven't listened to Throwback Hip Hop. At number six, Insane in the Brain by Cypress Hill. Another group that's kind of more revolutionary than you might think of. Like nowadays, weed culture and hip-hop go hand-in-hand for the most part. Uh, But back in the day, it was a little frowned upon. You didn't really talk about drug use. But Cypress Hill came around, and they were like, fuck that. We're going to make songs like Hits from the Bong and Insane in the Brain. And we're going to smoke tons of weed and do whatever the hell we want. And... So really, Cypress Hill sort of paved the way a little bit to allow weed culture and hip-hop to be like, all right, no big deal. And Insane in the Membrane is just an awesome song, a catchy song. So to get us started on uh, my top ten list of throwback hip-hop songs that you need to listen to, I Need Love, Don't Sweat the Technique, Mind Playing Tricks on Me, Brass Monkey, Insane in the Brain. For the top five, I start with World is Yours by Nas. I first, I first heard that song in a weird little movie that had Josh Bell from Drake and Josh in it where he was a drug dealer. Um, crazy weird movie. But uh, The World is Yours was on the soundtrack. And I didn't really listen to Nas too much, but I heard World is Yours and I was like, damn, this is a good song. Nas has a lot of bangers, a lot of big name songs. I feel like World is Yours kind of gets under the radar a little bit. You should check it out. At number three, I have Scenario. Oh, wait, pardon me. At number four, Check Yourself by Ice Cube. After he broke off from NWA, Ice Cube had a very successful solo career, obviously. And Check Yourself 
Super catchy, super amazing song. Check yourself before you wreck yourself and listen to Check Yourself. And number three, Scenario by A Tribe Called Quest. One of the first songs that introduced us to the wonderful man known as Busta Rhymes, who had a guest spot on Scenario. It's just an all-around great hip-hop track from A Tribe Called Quest um, with a lot of great verses in there with Q-Tip. And like I said, Busta Rhymes as well stepping in in that track and the tribe called quest as well kind of under the radar rap group as well at number two i have put it on by big l one of my favorite hip-hop songs of all time i've gotten to know all the words so it's a fun song to like rap along to if you know the words and uh big l underrated artist as well he wasn't a lot he wasn't around for that long similar to to biggie and tupac where they got they got involved in a lot of the hip-hop tragedies in the late 90s but big l Put out, a, put out a bunch of bangers in his short time um, in the world. Gone too soon, but put it on a uh, lasting legacy of sorts for Big L. And at number one on my list of throwback hip-hop songs that you need to listen to, the Flavor In Your Ear remix. I've talked about it before, but this was back in the day when Bad Boy Records, their big signee was Craig Mack. But... The guy who overtook him as being the big thing at Bad Boy Records was a guy named the Notorious B.I.G. And part of what led him to taking over was featuring on Craig Mack's Flavor in Your Ear remix. Biggie stole the show. LL Cool J was on the track. Busta Rhymes was on the track. Some dude named Rampage was on the track. I don't really know what he's doing nowadays. But it's just a dope track. And like I said, you have three of hip-hop's like greatest acts in there with LL Cool J. Biggie, and Busta Rhymes, plus a good verse from Craig Mack as well, for good measure. So that was Sneedler's <laughs> List, throwback music, you're working, you're working out, no matter what, everybody needs a little music in their life, but we need a little interviews in our lives. we got a very big guest coming up, we got Jerry Harrison Jr., former Saluki, go dogs. So, let's get to our interview, former SIU dog, Jerry Harrison Jr. Now sitting in section 312, we have former player and current broadcaster, Jerry Harrison Jr. Jerry, thank you for taking the time to sit in section 312. The world's been kind of crazy, you know, with the virus and everything going on. How has uh, everyday life been dealing with, you know, what's been going on uh, in the world from your perspective? Well, a lot has been going on the last three to six months. Uh, obviously, with sports being shut down, uh, it's been uh, definitely different. You know, with having three kids of my own, with my son and two daughters, and not being able to go to school, it's been different. And trying to explain to them the the things that has been happening with social uh, unrest, injustice, and obviously with the COVID situation, uh, it's definitely been an experience that you know, as a kid, I didn't experience stuff like this. So, uh, being a father, you know, having to explain to my kids what's What's going on to the best of my ability has been a uh, has uh, been a challenge, but at the same time an opportunity. And you know, I do a TV for the Dodgers, and since baseball has been uh, on hiatus, now we're back. You know, I've been able to see uh, my kids and been around them an awful lot, and and got a chance to uh, to get to know them even better. So, in some ways, it's been tough, but in other ways, it's been a blessing in disguise. 
So you you um, are a broadcaster for the Dodgers right now. We'll get into that in a little bit later. But you had a very long playing career in the majors, right? I loved you when you were on the Chicago Cubs because I'm a Cubs fan. Uh, you were always one of my favorite players on the team back in 05 and 06. But you played on several teams, right? Did you really like the way that your career panned out? You know, besides the World Series ring in uh, New York, what, did you like playing on multiple teams in different cities, or would you have wished that maybe you spent more than one year in a certain city? Well, I mean, that's a really good question. Um, you know what? Everybody would love to have been Kyle Ripken, stay on one team, Kobe Bryant on one team, Tony Gwynn Jr. on one team. Uh, you know, that is probably the goal. Um, you know, I, I, a lot of people don't know this. I had a serious injury in 2003 that really kind of derailed my career, and you know, I was never able to run the same again. Uh, so I had to kind of, um, kind of makeshift my career a little bit. Instead of being an everyday player, which that's where I was on that trajectory, I had to kind of revamp my game. You know, be able to play multiple positions. Uh, I became an, uh, an outfielder and played some third base, some shortstop. Uh, and I had to kind of make sure that I was valuable in that way. So as I look back on the injuries that I've had, um, be able to have 16 years, I'll take it. You know, a lot of people would love to have been a Hall of Famer. Uh, a lot of people would have loved to have been a 10-time All-Star. But the injuries that I had, to be able to kind of eke out a 16-year career and be able to play on some great teams, too, with great teammates, I'll take it. So you mentioned, you know, you did, you played everywhere. You played every position except for pitcher and catcher. But, you know, let's just throw a hypothetical here, right? Say you were going to play pitcher. Would you have rather been a starter, a reliever, a closer? And no matter what uh, you choose here, what would be your one pitch? Like if you could wake up tomorrow and magically have like a 99 rating in the show for one certain pitch, what would be your go-to? Give me Mariano Rivera's cutter. That's the pitch I'd want. That's a nasty pitch. Uh, a, a, a lot of a lot of hitters knew it was coming, but you couldn't do anything with it. The cutter broke late, um, and it was tough to square up. You know, so it's one of those things where you, when Mo was on, man, he was tough to deal with. There's, there's a reason why he's the greatest closer in history, with all those saves and championships and and closing out games in the World Series. So, give me Mariano Rivera's cutter. So I mentioned, you know, you were one of my favorites back with the Cubs. Uh, when you came to Chicago in the deal that sent Sammy to Baltimore, was there any trade speculation before that that you were going to be dealt, or did it kind of come out of nowhere from your standpoint? You know, it's funny. Um, there was some uh, talk of me being traded to a couple other teams, not, and not the Chicago Cubs. And, in fact, the GM at the time called me said, listen, I know you're hearing uh, things, GM for the Orioles. Uh, I know you're hearing things that you might get dealt. You're going to be our starting center fielder. We want you to, you know, play in center field this year, and we want you to hit second behind Brian Roberts. I said, hey, I'm all for that. You know, I love center field. Um, you know, I would love to, to stay in Baltimore. Not a week later, I get traded to, to the Cubs. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's amazing. You know, and I understand baseball, you know, especially, you know, being a, the business that it is. Um, there's a lot of things, a lot of moving parts. Uh, players come available. Uh, all the time, and and the Orioles needed a guy like Sammy in their lineup to provide power, and the the Cubs were looking to to go elsewhere. And I tell Sammy all the time, I had a better year the next year than he than he did. He starts laughing, so obviously <laughs> Sammy got a way better career than I than I did. But I said no five, I had had a better year. So you get dealt to the Cubs in 05. 
it just so happens that the rivals across town win the World Series that year. Uh, did the White Sox ever make a pitch to try and acquire you before you got dealt to the Cubs? You know what? Uh, I've never, uh, you know, I had my, my agent for 16 years, Casey Close, and, you know, there's been, I think, every team that I that is in the big leagues that always at one point asked about me or uh, wanted for me at least to, to, to think about signing with that team. And I think the one team that never really showed interest was the White Sox, you know. Um, you know, maybe they just never felt a need for me, which is fine. Uh, but, you know, in 05, the White Sox had a great team. Uh, I know going into that in the 05 season, we were the team in Chicago that, you know, fans were looking at to get to the postseason, possibly win the World Series. But injuries really really hurt us, man. We had such a talented team, but it was Kerry Wood going down with injury, Mark Pryor. I know Big Z was, was dealing with some things as well. Uh, our closer, Borowski, was hurt. Uh, no more Garcia Parra got hurt. We had so many injuries to our team, and it's just something that we couldn't overcome. And then the White Sox, you know, caught fire second half of the season and were able to win that World Series. And I was happy for Mr. Reinsdorf. So you you got to experience some of that rivalry with the White Sox, and you got to experience the barrett uh, Przinsky game. To this day, do you have any speculation on what was said that made that escalate so quickly to where AJ just gets punched in the face at home plate? Nothing was said. You know, I was playing second base that day for the Cubs, and I remember um, Brzezinski running over Michael Barrett, and we called uh, Michael Barrett Doc. That's his nickname, you know, Doc Holiday. You know, you cross him a little bit, he, he's ready to, to throw hands, you know. So I remember being at second base, and I remember AJ running him over. And Michael didn't have a problem with him running him over. It's just that AJ stepped towards uh, Michael after he ran him over. And I think that's what Michael was a little ticked off about. He thought that he was kind of kind of getting rushed a little bit. And he felt the need to uh, protect himself. When I saw him grab AJ in the back of my mind, I said, he's going to hit him. And lo, lo and behold, Michael uh, cocked back and, and squared him up pretty good in jaw. Okay, that's that's some good clarification because we've asked Chuck Garfine, we've asked Jesse Rogers, and you know, just trying to get different perspectives of the situation. So now it's good to have a player's on-field perspective of what happened, that initial step forward. Uh, here's here's a random question for you: How many Gatorade jugs did Big Z destroy that the media and spectators <laughs> never saw or heard about? Well, I mean, Big Z always had a passion. I, I loved playing with him, man. He, he was such a, a, a great teammate. And, you know, you saw the fire on the field because he wanted to perform so bad. He wanted to win so bad. And as a teammate, you appreciated it. You know, you want guys to care. You want guys to have that passion. At times, obviously, it boiled over, and you didn't want to see that. You didn't want to see Gatorade flying, uh, him taking, taking a bat to a Gatorade jug. Uh, but... You know, you have to know where Big Z was coming from. He expected to win every time he, he went out there. And if he failed, he felt he let his team down, he let his teammates down, the city down. So I always appreciated Big Z. He was one of my favorite teammates. He's got a great heart, man. One of the nicest men you ever ever meet. It's just when, when he took the hill, man, he, he expected to, to win. I have no problem with that. So when you played for the Cubs, you played in a time where – 
the stands in the outfields were basically completely empty. There were no jumbotrons. There were no giant billboards for advertisements where there is nowadays. You know, you got both jumbotrons in the outfield. You got Toyota signs and different Budweiser signs. Would you have liked to have played in a Wrigley Field modern day era uh, today? Or do you still prefer to play back then when there was just nothing but the city out in the outfield? You know what? I asked a couple of the players that. And they said, believe it or not, it, it, it enhances the, the ballpark. They like it. And, and I, I think Chris Bryant was the one who said it. He goes, maybe it was Anthony Rizzo. It gives you something to shoot at. You know, if you notice a couple of those guys, when they hit home runs, they, they knock a couple of them off the scoreboard. You know what I'm saying? And, it, and that's something that's motivation uh, for them. So I wouldn't mind it if I was a player. You know, I always thought they should mo- more, they should modernize Wrigley Field. Keep it, you know, the IV, keep that, that whole feel. But it's okay to have modern uh, technology with music, uh, with walk-up songs, you know, to help the fans, help the players uh, bring in that new century. So I, I don't mind it at all. I know, I know the players appreciate it, especially they appreciate the new clubhouse. They didn't have that clubhouse when I was there. Oh, that I clubhouse is so luxurious. Small. It looks gorgeous. Oh, man. And I know as the players, we, we complained about that. You know, I go, that, that home side was so small, man. And it was just tough to get your work in. And I know they've done some great things there. I know Theo and Jed, you know, I had Jed Hoyer with the Padres. Those guys really care for their players and, and have done a great job uh, to make sure that they have enough um, stuff there for them to be able to perform at the highest level. So you grew up in Naperville. You went and you played ball at SIU. I just graduated from there two years ago. Do you remember what the spot was back then? Like, where did you guys go to celebrate a huge win? What bars were popping back then? Because I could tell you, most of everything is gone. So if you name something that I don't even have never heard of, I'm going to just tell you it's gone. Wow. Okay. Well, you talking about? Well, first of all, in high school, I didn't go. I didn't go to the bars. We went to Portillo's. That's where we went. No, down in Carbondale when you went to uh, SIU. At SIU, uh, we would go to, to to some bars at times. Obviously, I was under twenty one. I didn't partake in in certain certain things, uh, but we we go to different parts. But honestly, a lot of the times, the baseball group we'd always hang at, at the apartment. Man, we'd have our own parties at the, at the condos, and we really didn't go to bars an awful lot. We kind of hang hang with ourselves, have parties. Uh, the parties are pretty pretty epic and pretty fun. But that's basically what we did. What uh, what drew you to SIU? Was it just like a full ride, or did you have other schools that were looking at you? Uh, I had a couple schools. I know Illinois came in late. U of I came in late, but uh, Dan Callahan, he was the first guy to really uh, want me. Uh, I know Nebraska was looking at me. I thought it was really, really cold. Uh, but I was looking for a place to play right away. Uh, and Southern Illinois was that place. I know one of my good friends, Joe Schley, uh, who became my roommate? He talked me in. J- Jason Frazier, uh, who also was one of my roommates, he ended up pitching also in the big leagues too for for quite some time. We were all friends, and we decided that um, we wanted to play together in college. And I know Jason uh, Frazier and, and uh, Joe Schley, who was a great football player in high school, went to Providence. Uh, those two guys committed to Southern, and they convinced me, "Hey, let's all play together and have a good time." and and I, I don't regret that decision at all because I played right away. I got a chance to experience um, SIU, which was a great college, man. Uh, really, really good school, fun school, and I enjoyed my time there. 
So you played for a bunch of teams uh, in the MLB, but is there any team that you wish you would have gotten a chance to uh, to play for? Uh, you know, I never thought about it. I, I have never thought about that. Nobody's ever asked me that. You know, I, I was so fortunate to play, you know, in different cities. I got a chance to play in New York for that team. The New York Yankees won a World Series there. I got a chance to play in my hometown, Chicago, to play for the Cubs. That was a, a, a tremendous thrill. And then play in L.A. my last two years. I loved L.A. I still do. Uh, I got a place here when I do TV. I uh, love the West Coast. So I was very fortunate to play to, for so many great franchises, great managers, great teammates, and to experience the entire country. You know, from Milwaukee, I mentioned Chicago already, to Washington, D.C., Baltimore Orioles, um, um, and obviously Texas for a little bit in Cincinnati. So I got a chance to see a lot of different places. And you know what? Looking back on it, like I said, with the injuries that I had over my career, to be able to play as long as I did, I was very, very fortunate. So when you retired, you joined the broadcast booth for the Dodgers. How did that happen? Was that something planned, or did that kind of get brought to the table as you were retiring? Well, you know what? The last probably four or five years of my career, I knew that I wasn't going to play forever. Uh, having a father that played in the big leagues and, and having his friends play in the big leagues as well, I knew that I had to do something else when I'm done playing. And I always wanted to be a broadcaster. You know, growing up listening to Hawk Harrison, Don Drysdale, uh, when, when he did the game with, with the White Sox, I knew when I was done playing baseball, I wanted to talk about baseball. So I started to do some work for MLB Network and do some work for ESPN as a player. And then the last two years of the Dodgers, um, with the new ownership group, with, with Magic Johnson, uh, Mr. Walter, uh, Lana Rose and that group, uh, they wanted me to do some TV stuff for them uh, as a player. And then when I retired, they, Lana Rose said, hey, you're going to work for us. So they started the, the Dodgers network. And I had an opportunity to play with a couple different teams to try to play another another year, maybe another you know season or two. But I said, with a lot going on with my kids getting older, I said, I need to be around them more. And the Dodgers gave me a tremendous opportunity, and I'm still with them to this day. And I love working for this franchise. All right, Jerry, I got a couple more questions here before I let you go. Here's kind of the just random off-topic things, because I know you're a huge Bears fan, right? So we got to get Absolutely. footballs around the corner, fantasy footballs around the corner. If you get a number one fantasy pick this year, who are you going to take at the number one spot? Ooh, you know what? I'm a firm believer of never taking a quarterback You know, in the first round. But the way it's set up now, if I get the first pick of the draft, um, I may go Mahomes, man, because those guys air it out. They, they are not shy. You know, if I don't go Mahomes, I'm going to go probably McCaffrey over there with Carolina. Those would be my two choices. Do you think, uh, you think Kyler Murray will be a top three fantasy quarterback this year now that he's got DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald? You know, I, I played golf with Larry uh, Fitzgerald probably about a little over two months ago, right before this pandemic stuff. And he was telling me about uh, Kyler Murray, how unique he is as an athlete. You know, he makes baseball type of plays in the pocket. Kyler Murray was, it should be one of the top five to seven quarterbacks taken because in fantasy, you get a lot of, a lot of points for rushing yards. And I think Kyler Murray, not just through the air, uh, with those new weapons that he has, uh, with, with Larry and the kid, you just met Hopkins, coming over from, from the Texans, he's going he's gonna to be airing it out. But also, 
gaining a lot of yards on the ground with his legs. So uh, Kyler Murray could be a, a great pick early on. So before we let you go real quick, what are your expectations for the Bears realistically? And do you think either quarterback on their roster right now is the answer? You know what? It, it, it pains me to say this. It really does. I don't know what to expect. I, I really don't. Um, you know, I really thought Mitch Trubisky would have taken a, a huge step forward. You know, his second year with Matt uh, Nagy uh, last year, I thought, you know, understanding the playbook, you know, I really expected him to have that, that growth. Um, but I, I, you don't bring in a guy who's won a Super Bowl, who's a veteran guy like Nick. Uh, if he's healthy, he has to be your starter. You know, and I think, you know, watching Nick do, do his thing on the football field could benefit Mitch Trubisky. So I expect Nick Foles to, to be the starting quarterback. And if he's upright, if the offensive line does his job, they're going to score points. And if they score points, that means the defense is going to be rested and they ain't going to be out there uh, all the time. And I think the Bears have a, have a legit chance to be successful. But, again, it has to be on the quarterback play. Hopefully Nick Foles is healthy. All right, Jerry, thank you again for taking the time to sit in Section 312. We hope to have you on again sometime in the future. But until then, stay safe out there, you know, be precautious, everything going on in the world. Appreciate the time, brother. And that leads us right into our MLB talk, boys. Baseball is like 10 days away, 11 days away. I don't know. I'm so excited for baseball. The Cubs are doing like an inter, uh, inter-league game. Inter-squad. Inter-squad game today on the marquee network and i can't watch it why because xfinity a bunch of a bunch of teams are doing that the white Sox have been doing intra-squad games and uh the yankees and that's like all they're allowed to do yeah i can't watch it though because they they don't have a deal with xfinity yet so it's on the marquee Just just show up at the ballpark you think they'd be putting it on the big projector screen outside of Wrigley? Ah, use your credentials and get in there. I probably could. I probably could. I know some That's people. Uh, but yeah, you know Jerry Hairston Jr. He can get you in. Yeah, Jerry could get me in for sure. <laughs> I'm sure Jerry could give Theo a call, and Theo would be like, "Oh yeah, I got you." <laughs> but we got baseball to talk. Yasiel Puig today signed with the Atlanta Braves. I like it. Yeah, it's a night that they already had a they already had a pretty deep offense, and now Puig kind of just solidifies that where they're they can platoon a couple guys, and their outfield's going to be stacked. And now Ozuna can pretty much be solidified as their universal DH because he sucks in the field. Yeah, I'm so excited for baseball to come back. Man, I, I like Puig in general. I, I thought he was good on the Same. Reds. I, I liked him in a Reds uniform. I don't know why. He just looked like a villain. Like He looked like the cool bad guy that the Reds were just going to start to take over the, the Central. And now he's in Atlanta. I think he's going to go crazy, and everybody's going to love him there in Atlanta. I think he's going to hit bombs. Guess we shall see. So... Let's head out uh, to the West Coast. The L.A. Dodgers are making headlines. Uh, they're going to sell seats to the fans, but the fans can't show up. Instead, they're going to be able to print out huge fat heads 
of their faces and they're going to like stick them in the outfield. So their head is going to be in the outfield and they're just going to fill like the outfield with people's like faces. Yeah, I'm not I'm not crazy about that idea. Why? Because either, either have the fans or don't. Don't tease me with, here's fans' faces. I want to see that. Yeah, but then people are going to hit home runs, and it's going to be like the game at the carnival where you have to throw the ball at the clown that pops up, and then it like knocks I'm not, yeah, so unless unless there's like uh, unless like there's unlockables where if you hit like a certain you hit a certain face, you got to donate money to charity or something like. That would be cool. That would be pretty cool. But maybe because they're not doing like an All Star Game thing though. But if they did do something like that, would be pretty cool. Like at, in the home run derby, in the home run derby, they can like have certain sections, like have bullseyes on them that would be worth like more points. Right. That'd be yeah. that'd be pretty cool. Um, I just think you should put noise in though. You know what I mean? If you're gonna have those pictures there, like pump a little fan noise well, in, make it, it feel like they're there. Well, the NBA is doing what the two the two K. <laughs> they wanted they wanted the two K fan noise. <laughs> they did. Yeah. I don't. I don't That's know. If, I don't know if they signed off signed off on doing that, but they were initially talking about uh, pu- pumping in uh, 2K fan noise to the yeah, NBA that'd be, games. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I love it. That's I, that's a I love it idea. Not I like it. I love it. Only I, I'll I'll accept that only if David Aldridge can still be can still be the sideline reporter. Yes, the man deserves respect. Yeah, so uh, the Dodgers are selling the face, the face fatheads. Fathead's still a thing, right? Every we all had a fathead at one point, right? Growing up, the like life size no, sticker. Did. No, I never had them. I thought they were kind of stupid, and personally, when my brother I always, has them. I always thought they like there was like this weird thing where like I never saw any like I never saw people who actually had them. So I always just thought like nobody ever bought them. I was like, what's with all these commercials? Like nobody even buys these things. No, yeah, so... And they always made it sound like... They always made it sound like you you would just put your fat head in, like, the middle of your living room, and I was like, mm. <laughs> He's like, no. now, like, now that I'm older, now that I'm older, I'm like, that is horrible marketing. I was like, who the hell is going to put a giant poster of Derek Jeter in their living room? Like, <laughs> like nobody. <laughs> they'd have, like, their commercials, they'd show, like, a classy house with, like, a fat head in the middle. I'm like, mm. <laughs> That's not... <laughs> It's, Looking back on it's it, I'm like, you, that's, me, that's and Jeter. Not exactly. Like that's not exactly going to be how their house looks. Like you just got Shaq, and you're standing there with the bat. Yeah. <laughs> your wife, in, your wife's you not going to be like, in. yeah, totally. Put this giant football player in our living room. Yeah. Okay. Oh my <laughs> gosh. You got <laughs> you got like Olin Krutz above your bed. Yes. <laughs> That would be that would hilarious. Be, dude, that, that's what we should do. Like when we're older, we should tell our kids. Like instead of having dream catchers, that was what we did. We put fat heads up to like scare the ghosts away. Oh my! <laughs> you got Ray Lewis just doing the yeah, dance, yeah, right? Did, did just you doing the catcher? dance. Nah, son. We had fat heads. That's what kept the ghosts away. We had Ray Lewis up there scare, killing all the ghosts. <laughs> Allegedly, allegedly, but oh my had, gosh, we had Brian Urlacher to scare away the ghosts. So I brought up the Dodgers selling the the faces for the seats, right? Because yeah. the Cubs 
the Wrigley rooftops, they're charging $350 a seat. At the yeah, you already rooftop, bought three of them, didn't you? You're not even in the stadium. You're not even in the stadium, and they're charging $350. Yeah, and how many tickets did you buy already? How many did you buy? I didn't buy any. Oh man! I did not buy any. I was ready. I was ready for that. I was ready for that comment to be like, "I'm going on July 31st. I'll be there." <laughs> no, I would sit in the rooftops. Of See, the MLB better not better not cancel because I already paid for it. I <laughs> they're gonna have to reimburse me. No, but I do have game time credit. Not sponsor, but I do have credit that they <laughs> they gave me more than I paid. So that was pretty cool. Um, See, I like I like I like the rooftop idea better than the random people's faces. That's gonna look creepy as hell. Imagine like watching an MLB broadcast. You're just gonna be staring into the soul of some random rich person who paid to have their face plastered on a seat. Well, in what was it, the Korean baseball league or the Japanese baseball league? I think it was the Korean baseball league. They had the automated, the, the like uh, yeah, AI. The, the dancing robot fans. Yeah, that's. That's the, the same twerking, thing. They had the twerking robots. It's not the same thing. I'd rather have that sexual movement. They twerk? Yeah, yeah. basically. Dude, imagine if they put a fat ass on it. It should be insane. <laughs> like a the stallion robot? Yeah, right. Like, just like model it after somebody. Like, a, I don't know, like some type of blow up doll or something. That'd be nuts. <laughs> so, sure, dude. Michael Kopech, the White Sox, he opts out. How bad does or how much does this hurt their chances? How much were they actually going to uh, use him this? It doesn't year? doesn't hurt them at all. <laughs> I was gonna say I think it it hurts very little just because of how deep the rotation is right now. Yeah, they have a he, lot like, of pitches. already. Like he wasn't even. I mean, maybe with the shortened season they could have put him into the rotation, but like on paper he wasn't even going to be a part of their five man rotation, assuming everyone stayed healthy. It's looking towards next year and. As a White Sox fan, I mean, I'm kind of happy with it, honestly, because now this gives him more time to, like, train and recover. He doesn't have to worry about getting sick, and then we can have, you know, the White Sox can have him fully, fully healthy. Or, you know, or my dad put it, I think, like, he said 200% healthy um, for next year, where he actually probably will be a part of their starting rotation. Yeah, it gives you a chance to see Rodon and Lopez a little bit, too, where it's like they're kind of in make-it-or-break-it time. Like, you know what I mean? You're going to have a good year and get offered something, or you're not, and we might have to move the other direction. So I think well, it's and, kind of a nice and with to their know. Farm, well, with their farm system, too, I mean, I, I imagine they're probably going to move on from Rodon and Lopez anyway, because you still got Dane Dunning, you still got Dylan Cease, you still got Kopich, and then all the guys they drafted in the, the mini mini draft, too. I think that, you know, Ronaldo might be the odd man out, you know, unless he, they've moved him to the bullpen or something. I think they're just too deep, and they have other right-handed arms that maybe have a little bit of a higher ceiling type of thing where you're going to want to get to that ceiling, or you're going to want to see if you can get to it yeah. um, but with, with Dane Dunning and Kopech. Um, in terms of Rodon, though, if he comes back and shows the form he had shown, what was that, the summer of 18, I believe it was, he was yeah. incredible for like a was like a 50-game, 60-game stretch, like a 12-stretch start spot. Where he was like ERA under like two and fantastic. So, you know, I, I just can't give up on him necessarily yet. You know what I mean? I feel like it's a prove it year, you know, and if you prove it, you might get that deal for three, four years and have some, you know, some comfortability and be a part of it. 
So Kopech's out, Darvish stays, right? Apparently he was convinced. He wanted to opt out, but his teammates convinced him to stay because they want to win whatever trophy is there that David puts it. He wants it, so he stays. Uh, Rizzo, he's got back issues, so he's uh, he's out for a little bit. Um, but baseball's coming back, boys. I'm excited. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, remember remember when you were all Debbie Downer about there not being a, a baseball season? I don't I don't know if it's going to last, but I'm optimistic. <laughs> you were so adamant. They're not going to play baseball this year. I'm yeah, you can tell us no. They're, for a long they're, time. they're not going to play baseball this year. I, I don't know if it's, it's going to. It's a money grab, though. You know, they need that money. Yeah, they, they got to get that, money, that playoff money. So uh, they're they're going to go for it. They don't want to break that contract. Even, but if even we learn anything from the show, it's that Quentin is really bad about predicting things. So, <laughs> like select selection three one two for NFL, zero for five in UFC. Predicting that there would be no MLB season, so so it's the opposite, right? <laughs> so you guys should be killing it. Right, we need to start betting off of your failures. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> now it's time for the ball guy of the week. This week's ball guy of the week is going to go to Kamaru Uzman, defending his title against Masvidal. Lost me money, but. You know, in my mind, I knew he was going to win, but I wanted Masvidal to win. All right, boys, starting five bubble items. Vance, this was your topic, I believe. I'm so proud of myself, dude. Right? I'm so proud. Right. Made it on the-, the bubble items, and I don't have any clue what I would bring. Um, we're assuming you already have clothes, you already have food, and your cell phone, right? Those are like yeah right yeah okay I like just to eliminate or, or, that. yeah are we are we are we basing it on what they what they were already given in the bubble where like you have shelter and you have like electronics exactly exactly. exactly bubble bubble like extravagant you, you yeah you get your clothes you get your phone and you have a TV in there. Um, well, yeah, it's a hotel room with a TV. I mean, that's kind of where I'm like thinking yeah. of it that way. Okay. Like, you know the TVs. What? Your five bubble items. Okay. Vance, you think of the number. Your topic, you think. Oh, I get to think up the number? Yeah, oh, you, you, get the, you set the barriers. You, you, got, set, high, you, you, got, you got some uh, some high, uh, high stakes to live up to there, guy. You, All right, I got my number. Uh-oh. Between, oh, I'm sorry, between 1 and 20. 17. Uh, 8. Damn, the number was 8. Fuck. You hit it right on the head. That's my number, though. That's my second number. I like 19's my main number, and then 8's like, 8 was always my secondary sport number. (laughs) Yeah, I wore 8 and 5 a lot. All right, Jeremy. All right, Jeremy, where, where are you going? Uh, I'll take the first pick. Okay, Vance, you you chose the number. Where are you going? Uh, I'm like, if it ain't first, I'm last in this. I like to be last or first. Okay, I'm number two. Bubble items. Draft room is now open. All right. Give me uh, give me my PS4. Okay. Got to bring. Got to bring. I would have put that on mine. Like, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, you got um, to bring that to the bubble. Okay, I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm gonna take my dog. Nice. Aww. 
Aww. That's cute, Quentin. I'm going to take my pup. You're saying that because your dog's in the room with you, isn't she? Yeah, she's <laughs> sleeping. <laughs> what do you mean? Bella knows. <laughs> yeah, I hope your girlfriend's sleeping. listening to that one. <laughs> dog, dog got the number one pick. <laughs> 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 Um, now, but, uh, Vance, now, Vance, that needs to be your pick. I don't have a girl. That's the problem. <laughs> your pick is Quentin's girlfriend. That's the pick. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, since, since Quentin wouldn't pick her. Yeah, right? That means I got her. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you you got to call dibs. You got to oh, call dibs. Man. Yeah, right. You got to get dibs on your girl. This is the bubble. <laughs> the Hunger Games. <laughs> oh, uh, it's all right. Bubble. So for my first one, um, it might sound simple and stupid, but I, I watched Myers Leonard crush uh, shotgun a, a Coors Light, and I'm like, man, okay, I wouldn't need to take beer to the bubble. Like I'd have to have beer. Like I just, <clears throat> you know, I know they probably shouldn't be drinking it in the NBA, but I'm sure some of them, you know, I mean, it, it's a light 96, beer. Okay. 96 light calories. Beer. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's not the end of the world. Like Jesus, it's a light, it's a light beer. Yeah. <laughs> And Coors, well, Light's, Coors Light's basically dirty water anyway, so it's okay. Yeah, I mean, Bush is, is water. <laughs> I can't do Bush. Um, oh, yeah, so then my other one here that I had was my laptop. Now that I have it and I use it every day, I like having it around. For sure. Okay, Um, for my second pick... I'm gonna bring a uh, a air humidifier. Oh, you're a fancy person. That's good though. <laughs> no, I would bring an air humidifier because I'm in a hotel room, right? The air's not circulating nowhere. It's like, uh, if you're like, uh, I think there was reports. I forget who it was who got a room that didn't have a window, so it was like that's a fire hazard. You can't have that. <laughs> So it's like if yeah, that doesn't stuck, make sense. If you get stuck in the janitor's closet, right, as your bubble, it's like I gotta have a humidifi- uh, humidifier. Well, you could again, be, am I supposed to be the Kool Aid Man? Punch out the fucking wall? I mean, what's the <laughs> point here, man? You could be, you could be like the WNBA players and be stuck in the shitty IMG Academy where there's like roaches and dead bugs on the floor and shit, like in their rooms. Um. Uh. Let's see what what else would I bring with me um, for the bubble? Probably probably some nice uh, some nice sneaks. Got to bring got to keep the shoe game shoe game strong um, even uh, even in the bubble. Um, and then uh, a deck of cards so you can play some uh, some drinking games with with Vance. Vance brought the beer to the bubble and. I'll bring the uh, I'll bring the cards. We can play some drinking games. You like to play spades? Uh, my roommate taught me how to play that, and we we played it for like four hours one night. And uh, yeah, it's a fun game. I I already forgot how to play it, but I'm down to relearn. I'll bring maybe a set of like forty pound dumbbells. I feel like if I bring a set of forty pound dumbbells, <laughs> weak, weak ass. No, but I'm thinking of I'm thinking of how many different exercises I could use the forty pound dumbbells for effectively and do a majority of reps for. It's like I could bring like just nineties or eighties or hundreds, but it's like no, because I can only limit that to certain 
things. With the with the forties, I feel like I can do everything. The next one that I wanted was my uh, my projector. I didn't realize how important it was until I just <clears> broke it last <throat> night being a drunk ass. Um, so yeah, I broke my old one and I just bought a new one because I'm like, man, dude, I just love it and I already have a screen and I'm like, what am I gonna do? Like, you know, take that down? I'm like, no, that's stupid. So yeah, I like my projector a lot. Shit's fun. And then you and have back to back. Yeah, the, the back to back. The next one I will take would probably be my Nintendo Switch. You know, in a you way, know, like, I I'd like to have that. that. Too. I got the portable one, not like the. I don't really have the TV one, but still, I mean, it'd be cool. Like, you've got to walk to the arena now. Like, you know, just something to do. You're walking around all the time, sitting around. I mean, you got to have something to pass the time. Right. <clears throat> um. Okay, I'm going to take... I'll bring my Xbox then, I guess. I don't really have anything else, really, I use, so I'll go with that. I guess. <laughs> Jeremy, what are you taking? Back-to-back, last two. Um, uh, maybe, uh, how about like some cookies? Get like a little, you know, bring, bring a little snack. What kind of cookies? Uh, probably just those like frosted, like sugar cookies that you get at the store that like a bunch of people hate. Yeah. See, Quentin's already making the face. Like a bunch of people hate them. I think they're delicious. Those like white cookies with the frosting on them. You're not talking about the hard ass ones with the white shit on it, right? And it's all like not the hard ones. No, they're like super soft. Maybe, maybe I'm not. Oh, you're talking about the Walmart ones or whatever. I mean, yeah, I guess, but they they sell them like they're right at the store. front. They're right. Yeah, in the front they of always they have all yeah, the sprinkles always... on it. And they're like sugar cookies with big ass frosting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> those are last one. I'm, I'm with those. Yeah, I love those. Um, and then for my last pick. Probably some candles. I've been getting big into like I like having candles around. Um, my last one. It might seem kind of simple and stupid, but um, I would probably take like some Febreze. Like you said, there's not much circulation in there, you know. And I mean, I I would want to have like a good those good cans of Febreze that make the room smell good, you know. I don't know. Just in case you're playing basketball, you're gonna be fucking sweaty. I mean, just think about it, like. I guess they probably do your laundry. I don't know. I'm just thinking. You know, I like that shit. It makes the room smell good. All right, all right. So that wraps up this week's rendition of our starting five bubble items. That wraps up the show, boys. I'm tired. You guys are tired. Long day. <laughs> He's like, no, <laughs> just playing the show. But I've been I've been up since six a.m. and I'm ready to go for six hours more. Oh, I've I've same thing. Same thing. So, for all of our listeners, you can go follow us at Section 312 Show on all social media. We are an affiliate of the Midwest Sports Network. Go follow them at mwsm.net. Thrive Fantasy in the App Store. Until next week, this is Section 312.